Welcome to the Creative for Experience podcast, episode 17. We got the legend who joined us, Forrest Walden, was here. Listen, you are going to love this episode. He has been in the fitness industry since 1996. He opens his very first Iron Tribe gym in 2010, and this guy um, has created an amazing movement, a, uh, and their flavor is, how do we create communities? Not just a great fitness community, but how do we create great communities overall? $4.6 million has been raised from his Never Thirst ministry of taking water to places that don't have it. And listen, the cool part is, at Iron Tribe, they've had 30 marriages come out of folks that have been working out at their fitness gym. So I'm just saying, if you're single, you need to hit that Iron Tribe, though. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Some things I want you to listen for is humility. From the get, in the first five minutes, he talks about going through depression. Over the last couple of years, battling through as a leader, really understanding what it was like when sleep went away and depression came in and how he's worked through that as a leader. So unbelievably successful entrepreneur, but seeing his honesty about depression is huge and him talking about his family and how he and I met and his experience factor was really uh, one you're going to enjoy as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you go to keepitfresh.vip and sign up for the weekly newsletter called the Keep It Fresh Chronicle. It's where I hang out each week and let you know things that are going on. Leadership tips, ideas, thoughts, concepts. Well, listen, you tuned in for a podcast, so I'm going to shut my mouth. We're going to jump time. Right, what? We're going to jump right to it. I can tell one of my words. I'm so excited. Creative for Experience podcast, episode 17. Let's get it. All right, I'm sitting here with Forrest Walden. Forrest, what's happening? Hey, Billy, thanks for having me on. Man, I'm so excited you're here on the podcast. And um, man, I've been tracking your story ever since we went to college together back at Auburn University, which feels like <laughs> two, two decades ago, which actually it happened. Uh, it's unbelievable, ago. isn't it? <laughs> That's crazy. And seeing your story from a distance and the listeners that are tuning in to the Creative for Experience podcast, um, most folks don't know the impact that you've had. They might know the brand that you represent that you started, but I'd love for folks to hear, hear a little bit of your story. So tell the folks what's up. Yeah, I am a founder and CEO of Iron Tribe Fitness. We're a group personal training brand uh, birthed out of Birmingham, Alabama, where I am born and raised. We are predominantly in the southeast, 37 locations. Uh, we do have some outliers in some northern states like Wisconsin and things like that, but predominantly in the southeast from Texas down to southern Florida. And uh, started that almost 10 years ago. February of this coming year will be 10 years. Wow. And uh, it has been, my life's work has been fitness uh, from the moment I graduated Auburn. It's all I've ever done. I was actually a franchisee and a master franchisee of another concept uh, that was one-on-one personal training. And I did that for about 10 years before I started Iron Tribe. So I've always been in fitness. It's really all I've ever known and all I've ever loved. Well, and I know that you mentioned fitness has always been a part in your family as well. So tell us about uh, your family a little bit. I know um, you have an, a, an amazing bride and family, and fitness has kind of become not just your thing, but a family thing. Tell us about that. Yeah, so met my wife at Auburn. We were actually cheerleaders together, and we broke the unwritten rule that you weren't supposed to date on the same squad. And ah, glad we did, because <laughs> yep. uh, this March will be 20 years uh, that we've wow. been married. We have four kids, and they range in age from 9 years old to 16 years old, is our oldest. So I have two girls are my older and two boys are my younger. Uh, my youngest is nine and he's adopted from Ethiopia. So that's been a big part of our story to go through that international adoption process and to be a blended uh, multiracial family. 
And, um, yeah, I mean, big part of my why is uh, those four kids and, and my wife, Mindy. And to your point, fitness, I'm sorry, but yeah, fitness is a big part of just who we are as a family. Mindy's been uh, from the day I started my first business. She's always been a client. Uh, We've never worked together, but she's always been very integral in um, being there as a customer. She's kind of my eyes and ears on the ground, always giving me feedback on coaches and the experience uh, that we're delivering. And then all my kids are into sports. And in fact, I still have a fully equipped garage that just about all my kids go out and use. Um, And so it's just a, it's a family thing. Yeah. And I, and I love watching you from afar. Obviously you're in, in, uh, in Birmingham, right? That's where you call home. That's correct. Right. So in Birmingham, I'm over in Atlanta, just down the road, but watching you on Instagram and different platforms. And I've noticed a shift in you over the last year. And I believe you've, you've teamed up and you've saw some things, just a, a new level of growth and leadership and vulnerability of where you are. And this podcast is obviously called created for experience. And the word experience for me is not something you attend or go to. It's something you undergo as a person. And it seems like over this last season, um, that you're really growing in that vulnerability and who you are as a leader. I'd love to just dive right in with that. Tell me, tell me your journey, the last six to nine months of things you're learning about your life experience, where you are, where you're headed. Well, I really have to go back two years ago from this month. I, um, I spiraled into a pretty deep, dark depression and uh, to the point where I had to get on medication and go see a therapist and I I was not sleeping. I really let the pressures of work just put me in a really bad place and a lot was going on internally in my business. And um, the fact when I started stopped sleeping, it just everything compounded. And that was a very instrumental point for me, because before that, I would have said that I didn't really think depression was a real thing. Um, since then, since I've gotten help and I've been very transparent about it, I have realized how prevalent it is in entrepreneurial circles when you're supposed to have all the answers and you can't really confide in anyone because that's showing weakness, especially not your staff. Um, and so I did a whole podcast on my podcast called Tribecast about my depression, about my story, what I went through. And it's still my most number one listened to podcast. I get the most feedback from it. And typically it's someone who will private message me or text me and say, hey, man, me too. Or I'm there now. Or I've struggled yeah. with that in the past. Or thank you for being so vulnerable. Oh, my gosh, this gives me me the confidence to talk about my issues. And so what you're referring to, and I very much deliberately chose to go public with the story. And also, I'm a I'm a huge introvert on all the wirings I've ever taken. I'm like 100 percent introvert. And when it came to social media and it came to me putting myself, quote unquote, out there, I always had a story that that wasn't me. That doesn't didn't resonate with me. And I didn't necessarily like a lot of people who did that. And I was really challenged by a business mentor that said, if that's what you think social media is, why don't you do it differently? Mm. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, why can't you be a voice that you wish you could hear that's authentic and real? Yeah. And I thought, well, man, I hadn't really thought about it, but that's kind of scary. And so I just made a commitment January of this year to post much more often. I try to do once a day. I don't always hit it, but be real and not be, hey, look at me. I'm, you know, I'm living this glamorous uh, entrepreneurial life. It's more like, Hey, here's the real stuff going on. And, you know, starting with my depression story, man, I I'm so, it's just interesting. We're so drawn to authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. But we're so afraid to give it. I mean, 
me as a leader, whenever I'm struggling with something, and there's been, of course, seasons where I battle with sleep and battle with negative spiraling thoughts and working with my team. And it's just so interesting. If I saw Forrest from the outside, athletic, good looking, got a business, you're growing, you're expanding, amazing family, all that. But to hear you say that, wow, me too. Like I'm, I've struggled with this. Mm. I struggle with sleep. So I just want to say thank you for bringing that out. And and honestly, watching you over this last season has been so inspiring to me to be more true to who I am. And so I would just say the listeners that are tuning into this for Creative for Experience, that thing that you've got behind the scenes that you're afraid to come out with could be the very thing that grows your business, that propels you to even more success and more impact and and watching that happen for you. Not that it's about that. It's it's not about the money. It's not about that. But But it really is about the private messages and the text messages that you get about that impact. So that's awesome, man. I love it. Well, it really is because, I mean, the lie is you can't reveal your junk because everybody will judge you. And the truth is you reveal your junk and it gives everybody freedom to say, oh, my gosh, if you can be real, I can be real. And that yeah. it just it creates community. It creates an experience. Yeah, 100%. And thanks for saying that word as a transition because this podcast is all about experience. And so I would love to hear, just taking a little bit on a lighter note, is what's your favorite experience of all time? It could be a concert you went to, could be an experience with your family. Tell me tell me about your favorite experience. So my senior year at Auburn, I cheered all, uh, three years. And my third year, I was the mic man. So I was the guy in the microphone who called all the cheers. And it was the first game, my senior year, my first game on the mic. And before the team runs out on the field, the cheerleaders obviously go out on the field and call cheers in front of 85,000 fans. And I had only gotten one chance to practice on the microphone. And it's really interesting because it's such a big stadium. You get this reverb back. So when you say the word, you don't actually hear it with your ears for a good two to three seconds later. And so I was given a crash course on, all right, you need to tap your leg so that you can keep a rhythm of when you're actually saying the words. Because what will happen is you'll hear them and then you'll slow down and then it just sounds crazy. So my one practice shot did not go super well. So I was kind of freaking out and ran out on the field. It was packed, opening uh, opening game of football season, much like this Saturday will be. Everybody's on pins and needles, and I walk out there. They hand me the mic, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, here we go, 85,000. I tapped my leg, and thankfully it came out uh, really good. But, man, what an experience just to be able to you know stand in the middle of the Jordan-Hare, which has always been a dream of mine uh, to do that. So incredible. Well, I think about how close and literally probably 300 yards away, right next door was the Auburn Basketball Coliseum. That is my very first time on a microphone. And it might have been the same exact year when we were there, is there was a massive concert by a group called Jars of Clay, super old school band. I was there. And they were doing a conference called Freedom 98. Uh And I remember that the MC couldn't be there. And that's when Mindy Abercrombie said, hey you're going to be the MC tonight. And I never grabbed a microphone before. And wow. that was the first time I've been on that kind of stage. And I get to every time I, every time I see Mindy now, I get to say, you're the reason I do what I do with my career now is being on a microphone and encouraging people. So it's fun. Those moments when you don't think you can and you overcome and it becomes either a really, really good one or a bad one. So somebody listening again, if you've had a bad microphone experience, um, I've had a lot of those as well. So be encouraged to, to keep trying to get after it, switching gears a little bit um, about music. And so tell me, like it could be in the middle of a workout. It could be like your favorite song of all time. Tell me, tell me a type of music or a certain song that takes you that takes you in that gets you fired up. Man, this is gonna sound so trite, but I am still just a junkie for the Rocky movies. 
I make my yes. kids watch them. I like they have to know like the storyline, and I mean th- th- it's just in my house. That's a given. If it's on TV, literally, if it comes on TV, I'm going to watch the rest of it. So the training <laughs> montage from the Rocky Four uh, soundtrack is still yes. just my absolute go to because when that was coming out, I was a young kid and. Uh, really when I got a vision for fitness and muscles and I was just attracted to everything, you know, masculine from Arnold to Stallone. And so the training montage is still my go-to. And I remember when the movie Commando came out. Oh, remember yeah. that? Absolutely. Movie. That, was, that was my favorite one in, in grade school. <laughs> Probably not the best movie when I realized now that I was watching that in grade school, but yes. uh, man, I just loved, I loved Arnold and that whole thing. So no, that's, that's not, that's not old school or trite. I, I love those tunes as well. Tell me a little bit about, um, so the question I have here is tell me a moment when failure or weakness could have made you shrink back. I think you addressed it a little bit earlier, but I'd love to go there a little bit more about how failure or weakness could have made you shrink back, but through your life experience, it allowed you just to push forward anyway. Tell me about that. Billy, there's so many. Um, I, I can pick, there's three major ones. I already talked about the depression. That was certainly a major one. Uh, but I think my first real major one was in 2007. I was killing it in my first business. I was making more money than I ever expected them. I, I never expected to be an entrepreneur. I never set out to be a business owner. I kind of just defaulted into it, following my passion. And I thought I'd maybe be a PE coach or maybe a high school football coach. And so I was paying more in taxes than I thought I'd make in a year. And I thought I had the world licked. I got pretty confident. And I speculated on a beach house down in Gulf Shores, built about a $1.3 million beach house. And when I started construction, you could not build them fast enough. And if you remember 2007, 2008, by the time oh, yeah. I finished construction, you could not give it away. And my business plan was to build it, maybe own it long enough to throw a party in it and then sell it, and make a bunch of money. What ended up happening is I ended up owning that house. And for about two years, maybe three, it was all I could do to make that payment. And I went from thinking I had the world lit to wondering if I was going to have to declare bankruptcy. And it was the greatest lesson because God told me or showed me uh, in no uncertain terms, I can take it all away. You thought you were so secure. You thought, you know, had all your plans worked out, I can take it away in a moment. And uh, that was a really great lesson for me. Yeah, it's good. It's interesting to look at dependence, you know, look at, man, there is a greater story that's out there. And as soon as I start getting uh, the lack of humility and thinking I have it all together, there's those those reminders that snap us back. And hopefully it's not those that have to snap us all the way back. I've been blessed with so many times where I get off the rails a little bit and there's just enough to happen to kind of bring me back. And my kids are are five, six and seven years old. So I'm in the kindergarten first and second range right now. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting. I get, I get about a daily snap back with them. Just a reminder that, man, I, I don't have to have it all together. I just need to be present with them. So, man, I appreciate you sharing that. That was a, a rough year. I remember 2007, eight and nine. Those were some tricky, some tricky times. So we'll, we'll see if that comes around again. And we've had such a good economy right now. That's, that's a whole different podcast. We could talk about that. So. Yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, I want to shift a little bit here to um, Iron Tribe Fitness. What an amazing story. The, the concept of garage hobby to fitness franchise. I live in Atlanta. I've been a part of the Johns Creek location for a season. I know there's many of them popping up, not just in Atlanta, but all over the place. I'd love to hear about how the word experience plays into how you think about your business. How does creating great customer experiences, experiences for your team, talk to us a little bit about that, um, about the business side of how you think of experiences. Yeah. So when I started Iron Tribe, I had been in the fitness industry, I think 14 years at that point, but it was all predominantly in the one-on-one training space. 
and really what I saw was a, a convergence of where the market was going and what the customer was asking for, and that was group fitness. And what I saw in my one-on-one business, even though people were paying us top dollar, seven, $900 a month oftentimes, um, they weren't super motivated and they weren't getting great results. Now, the outliers were, but the average customer wasn't. And what I saw in the group context is people were having more fun they were uh, there was more accountability, but it wasn't always coach to client accountability. It was peer to peer accountability because now you're working out next to your friend and you don't want to uh, lose in a because if you're in a group, you're doing the same workout. So you don't want to lose in the workout to your friend or even worse. You would see men lose to women and be like they'd like straighten their spine. And all of a sudden they cared about what they ate. They cared about showing up more consistently. And so what I saw was when people treated the workout more like an athlete and it being an event than it being some uh, nebulous task they had to do because their doctor said to lose 30 pounds, the results and the experience was completely different. So when I launched uh, Iron Tribe, I always told my staff from the beginning, like, look, the workout is a commodity, but what they feel when they leave, that is what you're selling. And the way that you deliver on that is you make it so much more than just the workout. There's, you know, we have all these systems from how many times a first name is being used per class to um, outside events that are additional to the workout, whether we, you know, I, I, I'll just pick one where we all watched the Gladiator 300 movie together and then did a workout yes. together at the gym. I mean, things like that because it makes people feel a part of something. And, you know, uh, Schultz coined Starbucks as the third place and always said, man, we can be such a more impactful third place. You know, that one other place between work and home that we've lost uh, in this society. And that's really what people find at Iron Tribe. And typically they'll say, you know, this is so much more than a gym because I found my friends here. We've had over 30 marriages come out of Iron Tribe. Wow. Um, It's just really strong community. 30 marriages coming out of Iron Tribe. So those of you listening that are single, hey, you might want to go to an Iron Tribe. You never (laughs) know what's going to (laughs) happen. So Iron Tribe's purpose, uh, create fitness communities that change lives. Is that still a statement? Yes. It is. I love that strong focus of not just the fitness part, which is important, but the communities that change lives. And I know that you had a moment where water became a really important thing to not just your life with your family, but also to your business. Tell me about what water means. And I want the, want the listeners to hear a little bit about how you're involved with the community and making an impact there. Yeah. So about that 2007, 2008 timeframe, when I was getting my butt kicked in the real estate market, um, I started traveling internationally on mission trips and went to multiple places, India, Africa, uh, Venezuela, Honduras, and Mexico, and saw everywhere I went uh, the same situation, which was lack of clean water. I literally prayed over dying infants in dirty hospital beds in Sudan who were dying Mm. from diarrhea, uh, really birthed the desire to adopt. But then also it just felt like compelled, like we have got to do something about this. Uh, I'm I'm a Christian and I really wanted to uh, make sure that anything we did with water was connected with the church. We saw a lot of great water organizations. In fact, Charity Water, which is probably the biggest, was getting started at that same time. But we didn't see the connection with the church. So anyway, me and a couple friends started a ministry called Never Thirst. And we celebrated our 10-year anniversary last year. We've served over 700,000 people now with the gift of clean water. And we do it through the local church. So it platforms what uh, the pastors and evangelists are doing. We only work in the 1040 window. So they're the hardest to reach. They're the least evangelized and they're the poorest. And they need uh, they need clean water because it changes 
everything about their living situation, uh, kids being able to go to school, women um, being able to work. I mean, it's, it's fundamental. And when I started Iron Tribe, which was about two years after Neverthirst, I really wanted to create a way to platform Iron Tribe for Neverthirst. So from the beginning, we started an annual workout called Workout for Water once a year. Uh, each of my locations has done it. And over the last, I think we just did our ninth year, we have raised $4.6 million for Neverthirst through the Iron Tribe infrastructure, which represents probably roughly 30% of our overall budget. So it's been a huge uh, way to connect those two passions um, both what I do professionally and then uh, my ministry endeavor. Well, thinking about Never Thirst, there, there's a moment there where you see a dying infant in a hospital bed saying to yourself, okay, there's nothing I can do about it, which I imagine most people on the planet look at that and say, oh, if it's so big, what do I do? You went to, for 10 years now, raising $4.6 million, Never Thirst, connecting to the church, having a way to bring water to play. Like when you got back to that moment, so Zoom in with me a little bit and maybe encourage our listeners. You had an idea. What what took you from the idea to like, no, I'm I'm gonna do this? You know, what what's that bridge and what are some character characteristics you've seen in yourself that have taken you from idea to actually doing the thing? Well, I went through all those emotions of, you know, what difference can I make? Well, let me back up. The first thing that absolutely just wrecked me is I allowed myself for two seconds to visualize that that was one of my children laying in the bed. Yeah. And I had to walk out of the room. I was crying. I'm like, I mean, if it was one of my child, one of my children, I would move heaven and earth to make sure they had what they needed. And so that really began just like, well, what's the difference? I mean, they're they're my neighbor. And so I would say prayer was important. And then I also say and we really we did not know what we were going to do. Was it community development? Was it agriculture? Was it building schools? Because it's like everywhere you look, there was need. And God just kept bringing us back to water. So I think one of the biggest things we did is we assembled a dream board. Like if we could put anybody on a board of this ministry, who would it be? They all accepted. And then they just started pushing us on if we can't come up with a compelling reason to exist, there's no reason to create new overhead we should just give to another organization. But because they pushed us so hard on being myopic and only doing one thing and doing it super well, we finally were able to crystallize, well, this is who we are. This is why we exist. And this should be birthed. And so by the time we went through all those exercises, raising funds was actually easy at that point. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Gosh, that fires me up. So if, if they want to visit, is it never, never thirst.com? Is that the uh, website? Never thirstwater.org. Never thirstwater.org. So go check that out. See what they're up to. Check out the workouts. Be a part of giving if uh, if you're led to do that. Be fantastic. So I want to switch gears a little bit, and then I've got to take you to the experience factory where we learn a little bit about what you can do with some sound effects. I'm going to throw your way. But before I go there, the last question I have is about physical fitness. Um, obviously, Iron Tribe Fitness has been um, your baby. Been working through growing that, but your physical fitness is important. Answer this simple question for me. Why should leaders focus on their physical health? Because any discipline in one domain spills into every other domain in your life. Uh, my own podcast is all about how to have it all across body, being, balance, and business. So I'm constantly talking to entrepreneurs and pulling out of them what they're doing in their fitness program and how that uh, platforms them as a leader. And so I can say in my own life, first of all, I've got to be congruent. I mean, I am preaching this stuff. I'm delivering. I'm selling this product. If I'm not living it from the front for both my staff and my end customer, I feel completely out of congruency. But then, and that may not be as applicable to your listeners, 
But then just like you guys running a, a, a growing business is super stressful. Um, and so for me to be on my diet, uh, good sleep, religious with my workout routine, it gives me the energy, the drive, the optimism um, that I need to power through my day. And in fact, when I went through the depression, I never stopped working out. I never even drifted from my faith. And I remember being with the therapist one day and asking him, you know, how do, get, how do people make it when they get to this point who don't have that? And he said, Forrest, they don't. And he proceeded to give me examples. And so, I mean, it's just key to mental health. It's key to physical health. It's it's key to it all. Yeah, we talk a lot about that at Elevate here is when, whether it's running or it's yoga or it's on a bike or it's just getting out for a walk or it's lifting weights, it's just the movement of your body. It just helps your mind get right. I mean, you, you mentioned that word mental health is I've seen a lot in my career is when when I'm on my game mentally and emotionally and really producing great work from a creativity standpoint, it's when I'm physically fit and I'm getting good sleep. You know, like you said, it bleeds over to every area. And those are those are two things that I just go back to. And there are seasons when I do that really, really well. And there are seasons when I don't do that as well. So thank you for that, man. That's good stuff. I'm just one other granular thing, because I think it's important, is often I coach entrepreneurs and people will come when they are at their biggest level of overwhelm. If they can focus on one thing, and do it well, it creates momentum. And because the body, it's easy to measure, it's a great place to start. So if you're overwhelmed, you feel like your life is going haywire, like getting super disciplined on your fitness can absolutely get you unstuck. I love that. It's easy to measure. It's a great place to start. One of the things that um, that I talk about a lot is when you're feeling overwhelmed, start with one drawer. Mm-hmm. Meaning, what's that, what's that drawer in your house that has just got a bunch of crap thrown in it? What's that one drawer that has a bunch of socks you don't wear anymore or it's like a bedside table, whatever? It's interesting when you could just start somewhere and then begin to create that momentum, as you mentioned. And, and frankly, I'm in the middle of that right now. There's so many things going on personally and professionally with me. I'm trying to figure out what is my one spot to go back to. And so that is a, a very good reminder for me. So if it wasn't for the listeners at all, that's a, that's a great reminder for me. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to switch here to uh, the Experience Factory. As you know, that's what this podcast is called, is Created for Experience. And we started this thing on the very first episode. I wasn't sure who was going to carry through, but it's still rolling. It's where we play sound effects for our guest, And we let them listen to that sound effect and then figure out what story they can draw out of it. So you don't necessarily have to name the sound effect. You can say, oh, that's a blank. But I want you to tell me what you think about it and where it takes you when you hear it. Does that make sense? Yep. Ready to rock this thing? Okay, let's start with uh, let's start with this one right here. Here we go. Okay, obviously a race car on a racetrack. It takes me back to my stepdad is the CEO of Express Oil Change, and oh, wow. one, one year to promote his brand, he actually sponsored not NASCAR but the next division down. He sponsored a car. And he got all into it. They were Valvoline was flying him all over the country to these races, and um, he thought he was going to, you know, go to the NASCAR level, and there would be an express oil change car in NASCAR circuit. I never got to go uh, because after a year, he decided the ROI wasn't there and pulled the plug. But yeah, I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to have NASCAR tickets, and yeah, so that's where it takes me. I'll never forget my very first time going to a NASCAR event, Daytona 500. I was there with Domino's Pizza hosting this thing for them. And they said, oh, yeah, Billy, just go down by the track and hear the cars when they go around for the very first time. And I didn't have earplugs in. I was, like, naive. And when they went by, it was, like, straight-up jet engines. It's a, it's an amazing, amazing sound. Yeah, I live right by Talladega. I've never experienced it. I got, I got to do that. Oh, you got to go see it. Talladega is crazy. All right, you ready? Here's the next one. 
What you got? Um, so I'm going to go monkey, and I am just going to – I mean, when we visited Ethiopia, we went to the zoo, and – uh, I just don't have a box to put in this zoo experience because the safety <laughs> protocols that are in place in the U.S. are not in place in Africa. And yes. <laughs> we saw monkeys that could literally climb in and out of the bars and they would climb up on people. And then there was their trainers like shooing them away, trying to get them back in the bars. I mean, even the lion's cages, the bars were like uncomfortably far apart my wife was <laughs> she was so nervous she's like we gotta get out of this zoo it's like somebody's gonna get killed oh i love it, I love it. all right well i'm glad you guys made it all right let's try this next one. let's see this you gotta listen close on this one all right mm-hmm. try one more time what you got i know that sound i don't one think it's time? yeah I'm going to go a Polaroid camera. Yes. Nice. Because at first I was going cassette tape. Is that a cassette tape rewinding? (laughs) A Polaroid camera, which takes me back to my grandfather's house that the very first Polaroid I ever saw he purchased. And I, I mean, I was probably six or seven years old, but I remember it printing out and him flapping it for a couple minutes and handing it to me. I was just blown away because there I was. Yep, that's fantastic. Yeah, I remember the the Polaroid camera, cassette tapes. I remember having cassette tape on the record button and pause at the same time. Oh, heck call, yeah. Call the local radio station, play my song, and then sit there for and 10 minutes. And then sit there play. and wait. Yeah. And, and then yes. they finally play Ice Ice Baby and you record it and memorize every they word. Fi- they finally play Ice Ice <laughs> Baby. Thank you for that's the song being selected in that moment. <laughs> I have a vivid memory of recording Ice Ice Baby and right. literally listening to it until I knew every word, which means I will know it until I die. Yes, that's right. All right, you ready? Here's the next one. So uh, it just takes me to an NBA game because that's a pretty common sound I hear when I go to uh, NBA games. Yep, I love it. All right, how about this one? You ready? Ever heard that song? Well, that's super easy because that's my alma mater at Auburn. And, man, God, I'm fired up right now just thinking about (laughs) Saturday. I love it. Come on. How about this next one? And now, introducing. Where does that song take you? Man, that's there's no easy way out. He's driving in his Lamborghini and he's flashing back to Creed getting killed by Drago and he's making the decision that he's going to go to Russia and fight him. Greatest scene ever. <laughs> that is very vivid. I love you, Wit. Cassette tapes, Ice Ice Baby, and Drago versus Rocky. This experience factory is I think finished. I'm stuck in the 80s. No, I love it. It's fantastic stuff. Well, Yo, I'm going to let you off the hot seat right now, but I, but I do want to say thank you for this interview. And folks that are tuning in, uh, where can they find you? Where do you want them to go? What do you want them to sign up for? Share a little bit about how they can stay connected to you. Yeah, probably Instagram's the easiest, just at Forrest Walden. That's uh, two R's, F-O-R-R-E-S-T, Walden, W-A-L-D-E-N. Um, try to post every day. Try to create conversation. Would love for you to join the conversation there. Yeah, I love it. And so um, we allow our listeners occasionally to ask a question of the audience. And uh, those of you that are listening in, if you'll email your answers to podcast at com. how has fitness played a role in your leadership? Mm. So I would love to hear um, podcast at com. If you're still listening and tuning in, I would love to get that answer because um, I'd love to talk about it on a future podcast. So 
Forrest, you're amazing. I appreciate you, buddy. Um, any final word, drop the microphone thing you want to say, anything else that we missed? One of my favorite quotes, and I say it often, is the world just looks better with a pump. And uh, everybody around me knows it. Like when you're when you've worked out and you got a little bit of a pump, the world is just such a much more optimistic place to live. So get your workout in, get sweaty today. I love it. Thanks, Forrest. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Billy. Thanks for tuning in to the Creative for Experience podcast. We got Julia clapping in the studio. We got Katie talking in the background. It don't matter because you're still listening. I'm glad you are. Make sure you go to podcast. Isn't that the, isn't that the email? Is it podcasts? Podcast at billybooey.com and answer that question. I want to know what fitness is meant to you as a leader. Let's go. I want to know. And I want you to join us for our weekly newsletter called the Keep It Fresh Chronicle. Go to keepitfresh.vip. And you know me. It's Billy B. Represent one time for your mind. I'm out. Creative for Experience Podcast, Episode 17. No, this is not on twice as fast. This is me just excited that you're still listening. And those of you that are still listening, it means if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, I'm going to come take you out. Just kidding. I love you. But you do need to subscribe to the podcast. Let folks know that you like it. If you're still listening, you just think I'm an idiot and you're still like listening or you or you like it. I hope it's that you like it because I like you. Thanks for listening. I hope this encourages you. Holla back. Episode 17. Peace. Peace.